Welcome to Get Hired in Cybersecurity with your host, Io Adiojo. Make sure to follow me on LinkedIn for more tips and advice, and feel free to message me if you need more information on how to get into cyber. I'd love to help you on your journey, and I do offer one-on-one services and coaching. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get Hired in Cybersecurity. Today, we have a special guest, Ryan Westman. Ryan is a manager at East Entire and also has some experience in the military. Ryan, how are you? Hey, Io. Thanks again for having me on and uh, really excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. So can you tell us about your, your role uh, at East Entire and what you do there? Sure. Yeah. So currently I'm the senior manager of the threat intelligence team as part of East Entire Start Response Unit. So we're currently conducting threat intelligence for over a thousand organizations globally. Uh, the team is a hybrid remote and made up of eight security professionals that include malware reverse engineers, security researchers, data scientists, threat hunters, and intelligence analysts. So at a high level, I, along with my team, are responsible for demystifying the threat landscape for East Entire's threat response unit. And my goal is to detect and respond to threats before they become risks to our client base. And, and we do this on a daily basis through our topic tracking process. So what that means is every day, members of the threat intelligence team review the past 24 hours or collect, organize, the process, internal information and review novel activity observed in the wild. And then so from there, my team enters our daily meeting to have a discussion of the three most notable internal and external threats as a result of that collection. And from there, the team is going to decide on the most pressing issue of the day. And then we'll begin topic tracking with respect to the threat. Uh, which is where we work very closely with the tactical threat response team, whose team helps build out our rules and detection library. So um, that that kind of gives you an idea of of, of uh, roles and responsibilities on day to day. In in my time at East Entire, I've had the opportunity to do some media and conference exposure. So I was profiled in the Toronto Star as a result of some of the work we did during the most recent invasion of the Ukraine and delivered presentations with SC Media alongside my colleague who leads the tactical threat response team. I also had some opportunities with ISC Squared discussing cloud and third-party supply chain risk. And I was actually fortunate enough to speak at the Avanta CISO event in Toronto last week as well. And I was discussing ransomware, extortion, and state-sponsored threats and some recommendations on how to address those. So yeah, that that kind of gives you an idea of of, uh, of some of the stuff that, that we've been working on, what I've been working on. Uh, along with that, I've also led, uh, developed, and reviewed our security advisories, blog posts, malware technical reports, and research papers uh, that have demonstrated positive security outcomes to our client base uh, in order to help reduce their risk. Um, and prior to eCentire, I spent three years at Deloitte Canada, helped build, develop, and establish a threat intelligence and analytics team. Uh, prior to Deloitte Canada, I was a member of Canada's Federal Public Service for over five years. So I was employed by Public Safety Canada and Policy uh, and in the Canadian Armed Forces, working in a variety of roles, including influence activities and civil military cooperation. I also hold two master's degrees, uh, an MSc in counterterrorism from the University of Central Lancashire. Uh, and uh, I most recently completed a master of public service uh, from the University of Waterloo. And I'm a GIAC certified cyber threat intelligence analyst, and I was fortunate enough to be trained by uh, Drago CEO Robert Endley. And some of my prof- my, my professional passions are our national security and defense, specifically regarding cybersecurity, uh, and and my personal passions running, reading, and uh, solving wicked problems. 
Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Ryan. And um, that's definitely a lot for, for our listeners to digest, but excellent. You have a, a great background and um, yeah, looking forward to learning more. So I guess my second question is, can you describe the path that got to you to where you are today? Yeah. So, um, you know, up front, I think what I'd say is that while there's generally uh, similar roles across the industry, uh, no one role is one one for one the same, but at a high level, uh, I wear a few hats. So first and foremost, I lead a team. Uh, so ensuring that those that I lead are looked after come first. So simply, I am a people manager, but like most other cyber roles, I wear a few hats. So I'm also a technical manager. Uh, when I need to help those I lead with providing solutions and recommendations for technical problems. I'm also a researcher data scientist, so supporting and creating thought leadership content and also provide insights to problems that get overlooked. But I also support other areas of the business when needed, such as sales, marketing, and customer success. Uh, but people manager, technical uh, manager, and research data scientist are the main core competencies for my passion or for my position. Um, but kind of going back to, to the original question about describing the path that got me to where I am today, a uh, bit of a platitude, and I'm sorry uh, about that for those who are listening, but uh, I can really just genuinely say that I followed my passion. So I've always been interested in technology. Uh, I grew up playing N64, and I had an uncle who was an engineer who insisted my dad have a computer in our house. So I was really lucky uh, from an early age. I was exposed to technology in a way not every person or kid does. Uh, I was the kid in my family tasked with changing the VCR clock for those who remember those pieces of technology. Um, I think the easiest way to explain the path was as a result of how I was raised in my initial initial education path. So I always suspected that I would be a lawyer or was at least on that path when I entered my undergrad. Uh, and in my second year of undergrad, I joined the military and did my initial qualification courses on the weekends while I took a full course load during the week. And, uh, you know, it was tough and exhausting, but I got through it and I'm grateful. And I took on that challenge early in my life because it showed me that I could persevere through adversity. And as I progressed through my undergrad and continued in my military career, I continued taking courses in both worlds that gave me a very deep understanding in geopolitics, foreign affairs and, and warfare. So from the 10,000 foot view in academia and from the 10 foot view in the military at the same time. Uh, early 2010s, we were just beginning to see the challenges that social media and the internet presented, uh, things like cyber attacks and disinformation or misinformation. And I'm still fascinated by the implications of social media and the current state of the internet. And I was very fascinated at the time. Uh, and my interest was also spurred by friends who are software engineers. So my interest in social media was something I made sure I shared with my colleagues and friends, both in the military and in school. And uh, due to my reputation in the military of being an exceptionally good soldier, I was identified as someone who should be considered for influence activities training. Uh, so I won't go into too much detail, but we'll simply say that in NATO, the designation for influence activities is psychological operations. So I'm a fully qualified psyoper, meaning I am slash was qualified as an analyst and operator. Um, and I'm going to just pin it there. And that's not supposed to be intentionally mysterious, but I'm aware of my arcs, so to speak, and uh, I want to be respectful for those that continue to do some incredibly interesting, challenging and rewarding work. So so that gives you an idea of my path to, to where I am today. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ryan. And, you know, how, how was the transition from the military to the work you yeah. do now? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. You know, uh, the the obvious question uh, to to ask. Um, so, so when I completed my first Master's of Science in Counterterrorism, and uh, to translate a bit, the degree is a highly specialized degree that combines political science, data science, criminology, sociology, and psychology into one graduate degree. So I did extensive research on social media when completing my degree. So the foundation to translate over into cyber based on my academics and experience in the military was laying the groundwork at the time before I, I fully realized it. So when I finished that degree, I started looking for full-time employment outside of the military, uh, but still in the public sector. And uh, after about a year of searching for jobs uh, with minimal success, I, I recognized I needed to do something different uh, to differentiate myself and beef up my uh, civilian resume. So at the time I had friends who were at the University of Waterloo in co-op programs, and they were constantly talking about how great the co-op program was. Uh, and as a side note, I would highly, if not insist that anyone who is serious about getting into the industry, uh, look for academic programs that have some component of going through a co-op program. So I applied to the University of Waterloo uh, and was accepted into the Master of Public Service program, uh, which gears students towards public service careers. Uh, and it, it was a great experience. Uh, and to translate that program a bit further in my own words, it's uh, very similar to an MBA or MPA program in that you're being prepared for leadership positions uh, in industry or the public sector. Uh, you know, the highlight in the program for me was being able to share my knowledge and concerns around Russian cyber operations. Uh, the presentation uh, that I that I gave was discussing a lot of content that would ultimately overlap uh, with the threat response unit's uh, most re recent briefing on the escalation uh, in the war in the Ukraine. Uh, in my presentation at Waterloo, I talked about Estonia and the Bronze Soldier, as well as the Ukrainian power grid attacks in 2015 and 2016. And so when I when, when we finished the presentation, uh, I think most of the class was like, uh, what the hell is this guy talking about? Uh, largely because we had not gone through the Cambridge Analytica incident, uh, which actually happened in the following semester and, and all the subsequent events that have occurred and captured our current zeitgeist. Uh, that that said, the professor was very impressed, and um, not not that grades matter, but the grade I got for that presentation was was the the best grade that I had ever received in all of my academic training. So I kind of took that as a hint that maybe there is uh, you know something there that I should try and continue to explore. Uh, so so for my co op, I, I ended up in in Ottawa, where I ended up working for Public Safety Canada in a policy position uh, with the International Affairs Division, and at the time I was working on border policy. Uh, which gave me some interesting insights into to data and privacy. And I really, really enjoyed my time there. Uh, how I ended up at Deloitte Canada really came as a result of how the co-op process works. So when I got to Ottawa in my role, I had about two weeks before I needed to start applying to additional jobs. So it's kind of hard to know how well you're going to fit into a team and organization within two weeks of joining. And then the day the co-op application opened, I started getting texts from people in my program asking me if I had started applying to new jobs yet. And so I, I logged into the co-op website. And so for whatever reason, I was having difficulties actually seeing the jobs posted. Uh, and so I got a bit frustrated and ended up checking my email. And earlier in the year, I had a classmate recommend getting on Deloitte Canada's job bank. And I, I saw cyber positions and, and the position that caught my eye was the threat intelligence posting. Uh, so I ended up applying for the position and really what I think won me over uh, was the question that was asked by my first manager who hired me on at Deloitte, excuse me, into the Cyber Intelligence Center. 
And the question he asked me uh, in the technical interview uh, was asking me about, uh, it was phrased something to the effect of, tell me about a time where you were the only person in a group to provide a solution to a problem. And so uh, I think he was really trying to stump me. Um, I, it was not a question that I've ever had since. Um, and, and so basically I, I shared a story about uh, technology that I was trained with in the military and, and really what it is, is it's a, it's a specialized radio and I was in a group of 40 people and I provided a solution to the problem that no one else in the group had thought of. Uh, my instructor at the time was so impressed that he actually jokingly referred to it in front of the class as the Westman solution. Uh, so, so that's a really long story uh, in basically how I ended up from the military to the broader government of Canada public service to quote unquote, my first true cybersecurity role. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks a lot for sharing. And I guess throughout that whole path, um, in your, in your career, you know, what are some of the challenges you faced or some of the obstacles you'd face, uh, throughout, um, you know, your path to where you are now? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, this is a, this is a pretty easy one for me. So, being able to articulate my value, uh, which probably explains the challenge I had between my first and my second master's degree. And I think that's a common problem that a lot of people struggle struggle to do in interviews. And, and really what I think it came down to for me, uh, and it was something I recently read about when I was reading about uh, Tiger Woods' life, is this idea of a unique selling proposition. Uh, so for me, uh, I've I've kind of already shared my my value in this conversation when I was explaining my my current role. So you know, people manager. So my ability to lead people is both a blend of, uh, in, in my opinion, natural skills and opportunities that I had in sports, school, the military, volunteering, and the private sector. Uh, technical manager tools and platforms that I've been able to use both in my previous and current role, and researcher and data scientist, which really just requires you to be curious and find ways to capture analytics that can generate interesting insights. Uh, but also uh, keeping a finger on the pulse in the industry and having an, an understanding of statistics is is really crucial in this day and age, especially in cyber. And uh, I was fortunate enough to have gotten academic training in statistics and also at Deloitte, uh, where I had the opportunity to take in-person classes from Deloitte University on statistics and data science. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much, Ryan. And, and for those listening, um, you know, <clears throat> I guess inevitably they would be probably asking, um, you know, what they should do right now in the current climate. Right. So uh, my question for you is how do you believe aspiring cybersecurity professionals should prepare for getting a job in the field? Right. Um, should they focus on educations or, or certification, something they should look into? Yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of, uh, say at the at the beginning that and it'll be unsatisfactory but uh it depends uh but here here are some thoughts um in general i'd never discourage anyone from pursuing education uh with the caveat about co-op programs so if you choose to go to the education pathway make sure you have some job experience or volunteer experience if you do not get into a co-op program certifications i think make the most sense for people who lack a formal education in the industry or to solidify what you what you know. So for me, I became a GX certified as a threat intelligence analyst after two and a half years employed truly in that role at Deloitte. Uh, also, uh, 
specifically for Canadian military veterans. Uh, there's a, a group called With You With Me. Uh, it's a great platform to get your feet wet to see if cybersecurity is for you. Uh, with that being said, I don't work for them. Uh, I've used their platform and I actually believe I was one of the first Canadians to, to use the, the platform and I thought it was very, very valuable. Um, but I think if I had to be frank, uh, the best candidates are those who do the following things in an interview. So articulate their value clearly first and foremost, and then show some educational background. Uh, and the best is when it's related to technology. If there is no educational background, I'd expect to see some certification or certifications or portfolio of some kind, a willingness, a willingness to learn. Uh, and I, I typically can tell, I think most people can tell when it's not genuine and, you know, the core skills I made sure to exemplify in the role that got me my first role in industry were, were really the following, which was my ability to communicate risk in plain language to non-technical folks, my ability to learn and grow and you know, finally taking a bit of a humble, humble pie, uh, taking a bite of a humble pie, meaning, you know, I was ready to be the person that worked the hardest on the team. Excellent. Thank you so much, Ryan, for that. And, you know, I'm sure that's very helpful to our listeners who are, you know, very interested in getting in the field and, um, you know, being competitive, especially when it comes to interviews and getting hired. So thanks a lot for that. Um, in particularly, in particular to you, um, you know, there's a lot of changes going on in the industry, so much to learn. Um, how do you continue to learn and stay on top of things within your role? Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. So the one thing that, that I always recommend to folks who ask similar questions is, you know, try HackMe is a great spot uh, if you're just getting into the industry. Uh, and, and so you know that I practice what I preach. Uh, I, I try to do at least, uh, a room a week, uh, earlier this year, I had a streak earlier of 110 days, um, podcasts as well. So sandstormcast is great. Uh, professor Johannes Ulrich creates some great, uh, daily content and then reading blog posts and working with partners. So, uh, things like attending, attending conferences and, and just working with, with my team on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and you know, for myself, uh, one of the first things that I said to my team was, I'm going to treat you like a subject, the subject matter expert that you are. Uh, and they really haven't let me down yet. Uh, so really that's a, a bit of a shout out to all of them and all the hard work that we do together on a daily basis and, and for making me look good on a regular basis. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Um, what are some of the most interesting and rewarding parts of your career and uh, biggest accomplishments? Yeah, yeah. So off the bat, uh, being able to help play a part in the defense of uh, Western industries in a very real and meaningful way is something that fills me with great pride coming from my public service background. Uh, and that really is what rewards me the most uh, is that me and my team get real-time feedback on our efforts. So when something like Log4j happens, we're all for the most part excited that we get to get to do our jobs to help produce positive security outcomes for our client base and scale. And then to answer the second part of the question about my biggest accomplishment, uh, in, in, in all honesty, I'd say that, that it's uh, my family that I'm building with my partner. Uh, so I'd say my family and also my ability to maintain balance in my career and personal life. I had a really great professor at Waterloo who talked about how you have a professional resume and a life resume. 
uh, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to have those grow fairly equally. And uh, the key to that, in my opinion, is uh, so one should set boundaries Two, you need to know what you want and then try to make a path towards whatever that is. Three, understand how to say no to opportunities without burning bridges Four, be reasonable. Five, be friendly and six, read. Awesome. Awesome. Great answer. Thank you so much. Ryan and yeah that's all the questions I have but is there anything you'd want to want to add to this yeah just just the 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 only thing that I would add uh Io is that uh eCentire is is actively recruiting uh so if, if there's anyone who's listening who's interested in hearing more about the mission over at eCentire I'd encourage you to check out the eCentire careers page uh and uh and if uh, if if you need some help getting getting that information uh do feel free to to reach out to me on LinkedIn Excellent. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Ryan. And yeah, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Io. Cheers. Cheers.